Welcome to the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast. Thanks for downloading. I'm your host, Wes Shank, and I'm here today with our co-host and general manager, David McNairis, and the owner of the company, Crystal Shank. Each week, we review the latest, greatest happenings in wind and solar and how they'll impact you and your alternative energy products. If you'd like more information about anything you've heard on the podcast, check out our educational resources at windandsolar.com, including links to over 300 of our YouTube videos. Or feel free to reach out to our Seymour, Missouri-based sales team at 417-708-5359. You can also email them at sales at windandsolar.com. And if you really want to go in-depth, come to our hands-on workshop in Seymour, Missouri, where David will even buy you a Subway sandwich and sit and chat with you over lunch. And you can get all those details on our website, windandsolar.com. Again, Crystal, thank you for coming over today and joining us. There you go. And I'm sorry that you have to sit here with David. (laughs) We're going to talk today because we've had to take a hairdryer to Lucy because she's been walking out in the snow and she's kind of low slung. And so she's been coming in with her frosty underbelly. And so we've decided that we need to talk about your battery technology and how it handles cold weather. David, tell me what we're talking about here. When you're dealing with cold weather, there's going to be some negative impacts on certain batteries. Okay. Lead acid being the number one that it's going to impact. Lead acid batteries from zero to 32 degrees will have the actual usage from the battery will be between 25 and 35 percent less just you, because it's cold just because it's cold if you go under zero zero to about negative 20 you have 50 percent less reduction in the usable capacity of your battery bank. okay so slow that down again so what it really is the minimum temperature before you start getting into that 32 at so, 32 degrees, if you don't have your batteries in a heated and cooled environment at 32 degrees, you start having negative impact. on the So air. at 33, you're okay. At 34, you're okay. It's just when... 32, when it hits freezing. I would assume because the water in the... Yeah, it has to start having an impact. And this is using the batteries not under a charging load at the time, right? So this is a nighttime use. So like as everybody would probably know, or if they don't, when your batteries are being charged, I mean, there's heat going into the batteries, so it's not as a big of an effect on it. As the nighttime comes on, the solar goes away, the wind turbine dies or down or whatever the case may be, and there's no charging load coming. Now there's no heat being added to that battery bank. There's nothing to help increase the heat capacity, and it can start really dropping off on the temperature. That's why I want a lot of your Midnight Classic, for instance, has a temperature compensation. They actually have temperature compensation built into the controllers, and they actually have a temperature sensors that mounts on the side of your batteries. That is the reason why is because there's such effects on the batteries at different temperatures, even on the charging rate of what it wants to send in. If the batteries are really hot, it's going to slow down that amperage charge in there. It's going to try to cool that battery bank back down. If the battery's cooler, it's going to jump up. Uh, Midnight's will actually jump up the amperage trying to heat that battery back up so they'll actually take charge into them properly. So Flooded lead acid, AGM are the two that's most susceptible to that. The great thing is, is that as a lithium, are not really susceptible to the cold weather on the discharge rate. They are on the charging. You cannot charge a lithium battery 
Some of the newer lithium batteries are having now built-in heaters with those, and that's great. That way, if you do need to store it in a storage building or something, that's not going to be heated and cooled. But if you're just taking a northern lithium battery, you cannot charge it under 32 degrees. If you try to charge a lithium battery under 32 degrees, you'll cause irreparable damage to the battery. So that's a big consideration when you're talking about folks that are doing backup systems for like their well pumps and things like that, or maybe a shop. So where you really charging is important on where you're doing it. Yeah. Now on the lithium batteries with the heaters, I've heard mixed kind of mixed reviews on this. Yeah, it's no, good and it's bad yeah. because of the consumption, right? I was going to say the consumption rate is so great on a heater. I mean, you talk about heating. If you don't know, I mean, all they're going to be doing is using an electric style heater. They're going to be using electric heat strips mm-hmm. in and around the battery case. I mean, because inside all these batteries, be it from Pites to Simplified to Evolt to EG4, I don't care the battery manufacturer, they all have these cells that are in the battery, right? So they'll have either a cylindrical cell battery or they'll have the prismatic cell battery. And so all they're doing is taking, basically, it's the same thing as like your pipe wrap for your water lines. They're just using that. They're using this. And it's going to be on a heater that's, you remember the thermal cube we used to sell? Oh, yeah. The, you plugged it in. And if it got down to 32 or 35 degrees, the plug-in, the thermostat in the plug-in would allow it to open. Mm-hmm. and start letting it give energy out to a heater or whatever the case. That's the same technology you're using in these batteries. They've got a little thermostat in there that says, okay, the battery temperature is getting down to X. I need to kick on. And so all it's doing is little heat wrap tape is heating the cells back up, and it's all enclosed. And in all battery. it's got to do is get it to 33. And maintain it at 33. So like if the temperature outside is below 32 or the temperature in the area that you're holding these, it's going to have to constantly run because if it shuts off for any amount of time, the thermal is going to immediately start to go down on it. So it's going to have to immediately kick back on. So once it kind of reaches that, then the room temperature heats back up, it's going to constantly run this heater. I mean, you're just going to be kind of, if you had water in a bowl, you know, you boil water in your teapot. Well, it doesn't stay boiling after you turn off the heat right. to it. It's going to have that thermal loss. Okay. So, so. I had a question for you because I knew when we were putting the system in over at our house. So yeah. we've got the classic on our VRD and it has that thermostat cable, mm-hmm. basically yep. that blue cable yep. that runs out. You know, in working with Sam and getting that put in, I was asking about why we were not utilizing that. And I understand now, I think, is it because the lithiums are being handled by the BMS? And the BMS is looking at what the temperature is. So the controller doesn't necessarily have to see what it is because the BMS is going to decide whether it lets any power in or not based on that temperature. Is that? That's correct. So if you've got a lithium with a BMS, is that a cross the board statement that it's looking at the temperature? Lithium just doesn't need the temperature compensation. There we go. Just because of the way the the chemistry of the battery itself, it just doesn't need that temperature compensation for one. And two, the BMS is actually providing all that for you to begin with. The BMS is acting kind of like an MPPT. I mean, similarly, it's looking at every cell, determining what it needs, what it doesn't need, where charge needs to go, at what charge rate does it need to go in, or is it too much charge? And if it is, if it's trying to be too much, well, the BMS will kick it back. I mean, Does that need to be disabled then on the midnight? No, no, it's on there. 
On our midnight, what Wes is talking about is our classic VRD board. It comes with that temperature sensor on it. It's going to have a blue cable, and it's going to say midnight on it. It's got a little, yeah. looks like a little I, blue I'm sticky. assuming it's about six or eight foot long. Yeah, it? it's probably 12 foot long. It's pretty long. Okay. You could open up your midnight if you wanted to and just unplug it. It's just like a telephone jack. Yeah, uh, but is it still going to be sensing the... No, because you have to actually do that in the programming. You have okay. to tell the temperature compensation. So just don't turn that on as you're programming your controller because you're going to have to program your controllers on the wind turbine to set your curves and everything. So just don't do that. Just don't turn it on. Unless you're on flooded lead acid batteries. And at that point... Or I would assume AGM. Or AGM. And either one of those are going to tell you at what level to set them. The manufacturer will tell you what temperature compensation to set those at. But on the lithium banks... And another thing on the lithium banks... Even though somebody's like, well, I want to use it. There again, these things are prismatic cells encased in the housing. The housing's never going to get warm. I mean, ever. I mean, you can touch the outside of yours right now, Wes. I mean, right now, it is extremely sunny outside. Uh, we have snow on the ground, thick snow on the ground. Panels are open. We're getting a lot of solar panels or a lot of wattage coming into your panels right now. Yeah, so it was 15,000. Yeah, I just checked about 30 minutes ago. If we went and touched the sides of your batteries right now, they're discharging, they're being charged. They would be almost cold to the touch because it's an aluminum case housing on the outside. Be cold to the touch. So if you put that on the side of that housing, it's not going to do anything. It's not going to do anything. It's going to actually think it's colder than it truly is because the internal temperatures are probably warmer. But on the outside, it's not. But now, if you just had the prismatic cells like I had before where I was making my own battery. I could see where where somebody would say, well, that's where I want to put it at. But I think that BMS. But the BMS is not. It's just not going to allow anything. I think the BMS had. Yeah, it had all the temperature temperature everything in in there. And the BMS, unfortunately, that's the thing they didn't do is they didn't tell the BMS you shouldn't ever be able to harm your battery because they should have just told the BMS at 32 degrees, stop charging just don't allow charge into the battery bank. And they didn't do that. They still will accept it, except it has a... Who is they? What are you talking about? The battery manufacturers. Oh, all the battery manufacturers. Okay. Now, I'm not going to pick on anyone. They just, all of them would allow the charge to keep happening at under 32 degrees with everyone of them knowing that, hey, they're going to have negative impact on our battery when that happens to the point of catastrophic failure. You know. So does it impact the battery if they just get too cold and you're not no. If I had lithium sitting out on my porch, just sitting there. No. A lot of the specification sheets will even tell you storage temperatures for a battery that's not being charged or discharged, you know, before it has any effect on the battery. Itself. Well, what about your lead acid? Since there's actually liquid in there and ice is going to expand. Lead acid, I mean, at zero is their big deal. You're not supposed to store them in anything that could get under zero. I mean, as you start to get in the negative category, you're going to really start having bad effects on the battery. I mean, to the point that they can freeze and bust. I mean, I've actually mm-hmm. seen it, and we've actually had it in tractors. I mean, that's actually here. what I was, I mean, not just tractors, but I was thinking about, you know, people that have gate openers and stuff like oh, yeah. that. I mean, it's out in the cold, cold. Most of the time, if you're going to do something and you know it's going to be in the extreme cold, AGM has got the best as far as being able to take the negative temperatures. And that's because instead of it being a liquid, a flooded lead acid, it's still an aqueous battery, but it's not to the point that it is. So all that liquid is absorbed in a fiberglass blotting paper, basically. Well, so would the lithiums not be fine now if they had the heating in them? I'm still iffy on that heating deal because if anything, it was to go wrong with that at all. The problem is you don't really know it. If it's to go wrong, you're just going to have a major Okay, so if I had a gate opener, and I know this is a pretty big thump sitting it out there, but if I set a Simplify out there? Nay. 
Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to come steal your battery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for $2,500 yeah. <laughs> for somebody to take. No, I just wouldn't recommend anything. Not for something of the gate open capacity and things of that nature, no. But that just becomes there really is a place for the AGMs. Yeah. There's always going to be a place for the AGM and the flood of the asset battery in this market. It all basically goes back to sizing and costing. I don't feel... Now, uh, you want to talk about weight. No, we yeah, were talking no about it in that other weight, episode, yeah. talking about picking up a Pites battery. 113 yeah. pounds. But what's the AGM? That thing's got to be like 5,000 pounds. The, I, uh, so the Pites battery <laughs> is basically a 5.4 kilowatt battery. Well, 5. yeah, I know the, the, the watts, the so, weight ratio is going to be. So it's at 113 pounds, and that's usable. You could use 100% of that if you wanted to and not have ill effect on the battery. I mean, you could mm-hmm. use 100%. The AGM blue battery, let's okay. just use the North Star battery, for instance. It's a 210 amp hour battery, yeah. which is 2,520 watts. Storage. Oh, I thought you were about to say that was what the weight was. Because <laughs> no, that's well, what, yeah, that's what <laughs> that, that's the storage. Okay, <laughs> now the usable out of it is just about 1,250 watts. Is the usable wattage that you can pull out of that battery, and they weigh 153 pounds. So they actually weigh. <laughs> when you do the math of that, I mean they're weighing. I mean, well, I think we did that for the workshop. Here comes the pitch for the workshop. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's one on the pros and cons on there was the weight to watts ratio. Yeah, it's, just, it's crazy. It's crazy. I feel like that rolling those uh, E-volts off into my garage, that was easier yeah, than lifting yeah. one of those two tens. Yeah, and <laughs> the E-volt is 18 kilowatts, and it only weighs just out is of the crate. 600 pounds? 500, no, 500 out of the crate. I knew it was five, 600 somewhere in there. Right? So it's just it's got wheels on it, too. Amazing. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great because it's got wheels. It's got a big breaker. All, I mean, it's all the, you got to do is convince Sam to tip it up when yeah. he's putting it in. <laughs> they're super nice. You know. That's the thing when people look, you know, and they're always trying to choose their battery. And we definitely have that Pites battery, and it is a great battery. The Pites battery, though, if you're trying to get up to what that one E volt can do, you now have to buy a, a rack for it. You have to buy the cables for it. You have to buy all this different stuff. And when you do all that, that's good and fine. But you're going to find out that the E-Volt, by the time you get that all that done, is pretty much there. the same money. You know, So if you're needing that 18 kilowatts up front, mm-hmm. then there you go. You know, okay. Type of deal, so. All right. So cold weather. You were trying to take us down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I was talking about batteries, but we're talking about... We're talking about the weather. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but earlier in a different podcast, we did talk about some of the lithium batteries having outside storage cabinets and that kind of thing. And this would be where you would really consider, is that the best for where I am? Yes. Because, uh, too, you are talking about, I right. mean, it's going to be overnight temperatures and the drain on your right. battery. You know, even you get in Arizona, a lot of people think, I don't know why it is. I used to be one of these people, by the way. Desert. A lot of people think Arizona and they think sun, they think warm, they think Every person I've talked to in Arizona lately has been like, ah, I just got three inches of snow last night. Nah, I just got, you know, six inches. Where do you live in Arizona that you're getting all this snow? Not Phoenix, apparently. No, not Phoenix. uh, You definitely want to think about that when you're choosing your battery bank and then choosing where to locate your battery Mm -hmm. bank. Temperatures has to play a huge part in that. You know, if your historic low is 29 degrees, well, then you've got lots of options where you can store this battery. If that's your historic low ever, you know, was 29 degrees. Well, I know we're running a little long. What's the upper levels? I mean, it's cold now, but summer's coming. Upper levels on the lithium, you're going to be about 120 degrees. On the AGM batteries, you can go up to 100 and use them 140. 
over 140, you can use them for brief durations. Somebody would say, well, it doesn't get 140 anywhere in the United States. Well, I agree with you. That's true. But when you put it in a metal-contained box, it does get 140 degrees in there. If you don't believe that, go get in your car and sit there for a little while when it gets 95 degrees outside, and you'll find out it's 100 100 plus degrees, and it'll be 140 degrees in the car. Well, so is there a curve on that, or is it just— Air movement is the biggest deal there. If you keep air movement around the batteries at that higher temperature level, you'll see that you don't have, but you don't have that reduction in overall use of the battery like that you do in cold, especially in a flood of lead acid. Flood of lead acid and AGM, flood of lead acid being the worst, when you have anything under 32 degrees, it starts having a major impact on it again. I mean, it's AGM. They're designed to do that. That was one of the big deals of the AGM battery is because you're using, that's why you see the big forklift batteries a lot of times that use the big AGM batteries that were outdoor rated forklifts. That's the reason they went with that was because the golf cart industry, they started switching to AGM as people started playing golf later and later into the year. All of a sudden these golf carts weren't making, (laughs) some of them weren't even making it around the course, you know, they're like, what in the world? And that's because they were actually using all the energy. They had 50% reduction in in the amount of energy stored in the battery. So, Okay. All right. Well, do we need to talk about the weather anymore? No. Let's get some sunshine and no snow. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into the podcast. Thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast today. If you have a question you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast or just want to say hello, email us at radio at windandsolar.com. As always, check out our store at windandsolar.com and buy some stuff. Your financial support underwrites our educational outreach, like the podcast, YouTube channel, and local STEM collaboration. It also keeps Lucy and her doggy chicken treats. Thanks again for listening.